What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. And this time, the power was back within my hands. And I was very much excited about it, as always, but <laughs> particularly excited about um, this choice today and to talk about this movie. But before we dive too deeply into that whole scenario, there is something very exciting that we need to talk to you guys about. Very, very big news coming from the homies of horror. Um, some of you may know by now, but we hit a very, very huge milestone for us. Um, one that we have been working towards for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, just about say a couple days ago, finally officially hit the 100k mark on the podcast which is super super exciting for us um 100k plays thank you guys so much for listening we were flabbergasted it really blindsided us yeah yeah it did as it approached it just felt at at the time it still felt so far but it was getting real close mm -hmm. and then when it happened even though we had kind of been keeping an eye on it it still felt kind of like a what the fuck moment <laughs> in a in the in a great way but it's just one of those things where we cannot believe that we have gotten here um that we have so many downloads and also that we've been doing this for almost three, three years, years now yeah and right we're yeah. approaching yeah this is about to be our third birthday coming up very cute thank you happy birthday to us mm -hmm. <laughs> um but yeah it's honestly it's wild and it's one of those things where you know when you, i feel like when we started this it wasn't uh we never ever said oh when we reach uh, 100k downloads because it just felt so far off right. and because it was one of those things where we didn't really know if that was something that would ever happen and you all have just been so amazing and so supportive and it's so exciting to be still doing this and to have this huge milestone that we get to celebrate a with homies that have been rocking with us since the beginning like mm -hmm. honestly shout out to you guys but also homies that are still finding us and stumbling upon our podcast and enjoying it and so yeah i don't know it just feels really special and we're really really excited to to be here and to be celebrating with all the homies yeah it's honestly incredible so thank you guys so so much and like outside of the numbers or anything like that this really you can attest to this erica this started with just the two of us with microphones and we were like we're gonna talk about movies and if other people like it cool but we're kind of you know engaging between the two of us but um now almost three years in it really feels like a community has truly formed around this like the homies is not like a conceptual thing it is like a real group of people who are super supportive of not mm -hmm. just us but each other and it's just like it's really cool to see 
and something that, you know, we thought would be cool to happen, maybe at some point, seeing it actually come to fruition in any way, shape or form has been just a beautiful experience. So seriously, like from the bottom of our hearts, thank you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's to more to come. Yeah. Yeah. To more Exciting. episodes and not to be corny, but truly it, this milestone is a big testament to you guys because without you guys listening, we would not be reaching 100K downloads. And so... I know I still enjoy doing this just as much as when we first started. I still look forward to doing this just as much as when we first started. And we'll be doing this as long as both, I think, Roshane and I enjoy it, but also as long as you guys enjoy it and still want to hear more from us, we're going to be doing it. So (laughs) thank you guys again. We will be having a celebration um, on stream. We will be doing some kind of party type scenario to celebrate legit so we can actually like legitimately celebrate with you guys. Mm -hmm. So just keep an eye on our social media or in our discord for announcements on that. We'll start to put stuff out and we'll get like the date of it and the time and stuff for you guys. And if you guys can come through to that, we would love to see you. But with that beautiful announcement out of the way, um, we have to talk about this week's movie, which once again was your pick, Erica. And I got to say, you know what? I don't know if I've done this for your other picks, but I got a good pick this week. Good pick, because this is one that we probably should have covered a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised that it's taken us this long to cover it, but I've been looking forward to the day that we covered it because when I really think back on horror movies and ones that have impacted me, Final Destination is pretty far up that list. True. I mean, especially if I'm looking at movies that really fucked me up for a good hot (laughs) minute, Final Destination is up there. I think I think that's like top five for me legitimately because mm-hmm. like a lot of my like looking back a lot of my fears growing up I think were definitely rooted in this film like it took me a long time after watching this original one to like mm-hmm. ever want to fly anywhere ever and I'm still not even very comfortable flying yeah but like when I think back to it and after re-watching this movie I'm like Clearly, Final Destination had an effect and a long term effect at that. Yeah. And I mean, to just do anything, to exist as a <laughs> human being in the world <laughs> on a daily basis, that idea just was was just now horrifying to me after watching this movie. And it was the one movie that I couldn't really rationalize in my head the same way that I could others because I've mentioned before but when I was younger and I watched certain horror movies it was very easy for me to say that'll never happen to me because I'm never gonna go to Camp Crystal Lake I'm never gonna live on Elm Street I'm never going to be babysitting in in this (laughs) small town and I'm also not related I think to a serial killer. You know, these little things that I compartmentalized and it helped me realize that I would be okay. But um, how do I do that with death? Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> I just, I, and I also never knew. I was like, well, maybe I have had a near-death experience and I just didn't know. And mm. now, because the thing about Final Destination 2 that always had me bugging was 
I would have just wanted to die the original way because the <laughs> replacement deaths were always way worse. Yeah, they were. They really were. <laughs> why are you why are you getting punished? for surviving like that's just that's petty that's petty mr reaper and why does it why does it have to be this way (laughs) i can i get it if you say oh you guys fuck me up i have one job right and Mm -hmm. i can't do it because you guys are messing me up i get that you got to fulfill the job description but why does it have to be like this you i mean there's so many ways to die can you just not take me in my sleep? Can I not, can you not just come and be like, hey, you're late, we gotta go and just take me away? Especially because I didn't do this. Alex did this. And I somehow got involved in this situation and (laughs) now I'm being punished. But Final Destination for sure, the first three, I would say, really, really impacted me because... I think, A, it was just the age that I was. And also, B, I think uh, getting into the third one, I think we start to tiptoe into a bit more outrageous deaths and a little bit more over-the-top type of tomfoolery. Mm -hmm. But even still, I think what the first three do exceptionally well is touch on very very mundane events and make them twisted and also too they have death situations where as ridiculous as they seem the the events the sequencing of of events it still feels doable it still feels like if everything were to go wrong at one time i could see this happening Mm -hmm. i think when we start to get it to four and five is when they totally lost me as far as captivating my attention however the gore of the deaths is always going to be like it's always going to be my my pool to the final destination movies i'm never going to be mad at the deaths no Mm -hmm. matter how outrageous they get i will just say i think four and five lose the storytelling for me but keep it up on the deaths i feel like the setup for the first couple now mind you i think i've seen up through four Mm -hmm. but I think the realism of the first three, and I realism very loosely as you get deeper down into the series, but I feel like what they're based in are just a little bit more concrete. And I think that mm-hmm. ups the scares for me because, like, you know, planes, roller coasters, like uh, car, car accidents, car, car accidents, like yeah. these, these, these are things that exist. And so, like, these things existing in the real world and watching this shit as, like, a teenager was not a good combination for my psyche. Mm -hmm. And, like, I honestly, like, thinking back, I'm like, yo, planes, don't like them, Final Destination. Driving, not my favorite thing to do, Final Destination. Roller coasters, you know this. I don't like roller coasters. He doesn't. Imagine what movie series has that in it as well. Isn't that weird? (laughs) I don't like that either. It's kind of weird. I don't like realizing in real time how much Final Destination has fucked me up. But But it has, yeah. And and I think especially because that inciting incident, I feel like, is such a pool for these movies. Obviously, the rest of the deaths are important. But I categorize these movies by the opening. So Mm -hmm. plane, car roller coaster and then you get into four now why would i be at nascar nascar you know, why right. would i be there i could maybe say oh the whole stadium scenario like just things going wrong in a stadium I possibly see that. 
but not at a NASCAR race. And then the fifth one where you're on a, a bridge, you're crossing a bridge. I, there's no, I don't cross bridges like that in Colorado. Mm. Not really. I mean, maybe if I'm on a road trip across the States and I have to cross a bridge, I'll, I'll it'll pass my mind. Mm-hmm. But though, yes, you're right. The rest of them seem like things I might actually find myself, situations I might actually find myself in. Whereas the last two get into ter- very specific territory where I think mm, I'm not often in these situations. So I think I'll be okay. But I did want to ask you, do you have a favorite one? And if you can remember from the movies across the board, do you have either a favorite death or just a death that stuck with you? Yeah, kind of, sort of. Um, like my memory, uh, the deeper into the franchise we go, gets hazier and hazier. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the log through the window for me, man. That, or sorry, the the um the pipes, right? Or is it logs? It's logs. Which, where in the like, are you talking about in the opening in the second one? Yeah. Yes, it's the logs. The logs fall off the back of the truck, and one of them does go through a windshield and mm-hmm. kill somebody. Got you. That specific log had me all the way fucked up um, <laughs> for the longest time. So I'm going to give that death probably my number one for now. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that, again, comes from just lack of memory about the deaths. Because I'm like you. I remember the inciting incidents. But the actual movies themselves, I have to kind of rewatch. Cause it's been a long time since mm-hmm. I've tackled this franchise. But as far as the openings go... Funny enough, I still have to give it to the first film because out of all of them, this is the opening that has stuck with me through the years the most. Mm -hmm. Like, I I tell you, my memory of the other films is hazy, but the way that every second syllable and sentence of this first opening is burned into my brain, I got to give that the number Mm -hmm. one spot. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, for me personally, honestly, the second film is my favorite. And Mm -hmm. so I think as a whole, that movie is just um, the one that I go back to the most, the one that has the most impactful deaths for me. And also, I think the opening for that one, although this first one is so scary, I think the opening for the second one really, really had because you see exactly what happens to every car i remember that one messing with me for a long time because in the in this one once the explosion happens you know it's everybody dies in the explosion but in the second one everybody dies so differently very specific way yes and that always freaked me out and then also there's a kid in that movie that was around the age that i was at the time and i was like Mm -hmm. not not this being me even though (laughs) was not and then I actually have a tie. I have two deaths. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Uh, same movie. In the second one, it's the elevator scene um, where her head gets, oh, caught her head gets caught in the elevator. Oh, that's a brutal that one. one tore me up. And then, oh, of course, the third movie, the tanning bed scene. Tanning bed one. Also get me as well. That's pretty brutal. <laughs> I will also, I know it's in this one too, but I'll give a runner up to Billy's death as well. Cause mm. uh the the unfortunate metal through the head, uh, that one 
that one's pretty brutal too. <laughs> that one is brutal, but I will say at least it was quick. <laughs> at least it was quick. <laughs> Not everybody gets the luxury of a quick death in these films. And as you guys can probably tell, the ones that stick for me are the ones that are prolonged. Mm-hmm. Um, those ones get to me the most. But before we move into the first Final Destination, I am dying to know on a scale from one to five, five being the scariest and one being the least scary, how scary is this movie? Okay. I feel like the scare scale for this one is a little tough. Yeah, it it actually is because there's like a scare scale before and there's a scare scale (laughs) now. Uh, So, all right, for this this specific scare scale, I'm going to go from the position of you have never seen a single movie in this franchise. This is your first one. You're just now entering and finding out the idea of these things. And on that level, I'm going to give it a three and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because the idea of Final Destinations is scary enough. Mm-hmm. The movies themselves add into the scares. And I do think the ways that people die is very gory. And it is fairly frightening to see these events kind of unfold to these people. But just the idea that you're always constantly running from death, um, I think that's what really terrified me when I was younger. And I feel like for someone who's never been introduced to this franchise, that idea will mess with them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to say like a three and a half is pretty solid for me. I'll give this one a four. Uh, For me personally, to me, this idea in this movie is more runs more of a four and a half for but i just feel like that's also too high because it's not the scariest movie and i also think depending on the type of person that you are this movie might not do any not not that it won't do anything for you i just don't think it will affect you in that same way i i think i'm holding on to a lot of that same fear that i felt watching it over the years but i will say even watching this movie now it still kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies there's a certain tone about these movies that just feels pretty grim Mm -hmm. until we get into the later ones and then they get a little cheesy but especially one and two there's this darker tone to them that just feels really uneasy and always makes me even though i've watched this movie how many times i still feel that same dread as certain deaths kind of lead up to each other and i feel like especially your first time watching it you'll feel that as well there also are some jump scare moments and there are jump scares like they are legit jump scares and those i think are scary so i i feel like a four is is pretty good it's not jump scare heavy but the ones that they do have are very successful and the premise is very creepy but all right homies we are entering into spoiler territory so you have been warned but today we are talking about final destination from the year 2000 directed by james wong with a screenplay by glenn morgan james wong and jeffrey riddick who is responsible for the spec script Starring Devin Sawa as Alex, Ali Larder as Clear, Chad Danella as Todd, Sean William Scott as Billy, Keir Smith as Carter, Amanda Detmer as Terry, and Kristen Cloak as Miss Luton. A group of 40 high school students are getting ready to embark on a trip to Paris on Flight 180. That is, until one student, Alex, has a premonition 
about the plane moments before takeoff. He and six others exit the flight only to watch it explode moments later. Unfortunately for them, the story doesn't end there because death works by design and doesn't take kindly to cheaters. Insert breathtaking leaks, head off collisions, and Rocky Mountain High here. Our film concludes with Alex trying to unravel the mystery behind the death of his friends and classmates. Will he succeed or are their fates already decided? Also, you don't even want to fuck with that, Mac Daddy. Roll credits. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> hey, oh, not Tony Todd was... said it, not me. <laughs> not what I was expecting to be the, <laughs> the button of the synopsis. <laughs> it was funny because, like, I was thinking, like, what are we going to button the synopsis with <laughs> until that line hit? You don't even want to fuck with that, Mac Daddy. And I was like, there is no other line. <laughs> yeah, you were like, enough said. Thank you. Shout <laughs> out to less, Tony. Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you. Also, yes, to be clear, her name is clear. Yeah. I feel as though for the first few times that I watched the, the film when I was younger, I always thought her name was Claire. Mm -hmm. And one day realized it was clear. I'll clear be Rivers. Com completely transparent. I was this years old when I found out that her name was actually clear and not oh, Claire. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, again, it's been a very long time since I've watched the OG Final Destination. But yeah, I think I just would assume that her name is Claire. Right. It's a different, it's different. It's not mm -hmm. a, a standard name. So that's fair because it sounds so close to Claire, which is <laughs> like the, you know, the more, I guess, widely used name. But you got it. Okay, but let's go ahead and jump right in. Roshane. What is in your notebook? All right. So my first note is, um, it's a quote um, from the fa Alex's father. That is, you got your whole life ahead of you, to which I wrote <laughs> LOL about that. <laughs> That's my first note as well. Because, because it's just so, so you have this character of Alex who is so obvious obviously afraid of planes afraid of flying and is almost superstitious about it now and his parents come in to try and make him feel better and say the most ominous shit you could ever say to someone who is already feeling anxiety about a flight and yeah his dad says that line and, and why why would you even it's the way that it comes out of nowhere because yeah. <laughs> they're talking about the trip and how fun it's going to be. And his dad basically says, oh, have so much fun while you're in Paris. You've got your whole life ahead of you. And it shakes Alex to his core <laughs> when he after he says that. Oh, 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 mama, mama, you got to leave that on. Yeah, it's like, you know, hey, made the last flight without the plane crash or anything. So I figured it's got to be on the bag or at least with the bag. For luck. Where would you get a nutball idea like that? I'm still here. <laughs> so, 17, on the loose, senior trip with your friends in Paris, 10 days in the springtime. <laughs> Live it up, Alex. You got your whole life ahead of you. 
He is not okay. And it's just, dad, what sort of a pep talk is this? The the normal thing would be, you're going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen. We, we, planes fly every single day, every single minute. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be okay. Not, oh, there's no way you're going to die because you're so young and you've got your whole life ahead of you. Says who? Says who, bruh? <laughs> you? <laughs> the Grim Reaper don't work like that. Yeah, no, that's such a weird thing to say and such weird timing, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like the whole you got your whole life ahead of you spiel is something that you give people when they're, like, down and out about something, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe something tragic just happened. Like, they're yeah. they're getting over something, right? They're dealing with something. And so yes. to cheer them up, you say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. you got your whole life ahead of you. Right. Not you're about to do something that you may or may not die on, but you know what? You got your whole life ahead of you. That makes it, it worse, bruh. <laughs> and it really does. It messes with Alex's head. And I know you said earlier that you will have a plane thing. It's mm-hmm. funny because even after watching this movie, I feel like I never had any issues with planes. Really? But nowadays, I'm about Alex. I'm <laughs> I'm at an Alex because and I honestly think it's a culmination of getting older and also not flying for so long due to the pandemic and mm-hmm. having that big gap between and already being anxious, a little, just a skosh anxious about flights prior. I feel like now it's just ramped up. And so, yeah, that's a, I don't know. It's just the last thing that I would want to hear. And now, granted, it's, that adding on to Alex has been seeing many ominous signs <laughs> leading mm-hmm. up to this flight and will continue to do so. Um, one of my favorite ones that he sees is when he gets to the the airport and he turns around and he just sees terminal <laughs> and it <laughs> zooms in on the word <laughs> and it, it once again fucks him up. <laughs> mm hmm. Now, honestly, Alex at this airport was Bo is afraid before Bo is afraid was even <laughs> conceptualized because this man is seeing every red flag mm-hmm. possible, which this a vibe, my guy, because there have been flights where I feel like I, too, was in a similar situation more where any small thing meant imminent death, like any yes. little hint or clue that some force in the universe was letting me know, like, hey, bro. This is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, very aware of that when you're when you're at the airport, especially if you don't like flying. Yes. Um, and so, granted, there is like a level of like paranoia to that, right? Where it's just like you know, the fear of flying can make you think crazy thoughts, can make you feel crazy things. So that the most m- minuscule things do seem like this, like oh my god yeah. death omen but a lot of times it's literally just like a passing thing like it has nothing has nothing to do with you your life or your flight but in the moment you don't feel that way oh it's a big deal that i had this whole ritual for the longest time every single time i went to the airport i would buy the newest issue of cosmopolitan and i would read it prior to getting onto the plane the first time that i went to the airport and they didn't have a cosmo in any kiosk the way I almost just left, I, I thought <laughs> maybe this flight isn't for me. Obviously, I was fine. But yeah, you get into these ideas that things need to be because when you did this one thing, everything went to plan. You get in your head that it, you should just continue to do that thing. Alex has a very similar thing where he, he wants to leave the prior 
tag on his luggage because everything was fine when with that flight and therefore yeah. everything will be fine with this flight. So I get it. You get into these these superstitions and this paranoia and it makes you feel better. It soothes you. Mm-hmm. And so but yes, this is one instance though where a lot of weird things are happening. A lot of very <clears throat> ominous things are happening which don't make Alex Alex feel any better. And also too, none of the people around him are making him feel any better. No. We have a whole flight of not a whole flight they're not the entire flight obviously but the whole gang that we're with are all students who are mm-hmm. excited to go to paris for like two weeks this is a wild trip a wild senior trip nice trip right there a little jealous not gonna lie very nice trip and they're going there because they took french in high school mm-hmm. it's not even like a school trip it's a class trip yeah what i never <laughs> what if nobody ever did nothing like that at my school <laughs> I, I okay so i will admit that i i took japanese in high school and we did take a japan trip so like oh. i can't i can't even front and say like this is a foreign concept to me however it is like a very particular energy though like these international school trips because like it's there's a big difference between going somewhere with your family, going somewhere with your friends, and then going somewhere with your classmates, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's each one is a very particular vibe. And one of the cons of the vibe of going with classmates is you don't get to pick all the people that you go with. So right. there could be a pool of people on this trip that you don't particularly click with. Um, as we can see with Alex. Now, granted, the people that Alex doesn't seem to be clicking with are people who just don't seem to click with anyone because right. for whatever reason, they're just assholes. Um, but that is like a thing to conceptualize too is like, this isn't a pre-formed group of like people who all wanted to go together like with each other. It's kind of like a mishmash of people of who people. were taking this class. Right. And also to them, them being a school or a class trip is a little bit significant because there was actually a real flight twa flight 800 in july 1996 was also leaving new york on the way to a stop in paris when that flight exploded about 20 minutes i think after takeoff from engine complications and on that flight was a group of students who were also in a french class and they were going on a trip on a class trip to france and so people were obviously like the similarities are kind of uncanny and so i think a lot of people figured that they had based this tragedy in the film off of a real life tragedy and Yes and no. It um I read an interview with just a couple different people who were behind the film. Mm-hmm. And and so like it had actors and like producers, et cetera, et cetera. It's like a c- couple different people that they interviewed. Gotcha. But if anybody wants to read it, it's through Digital Spy and the articles by Ian Sandwell. And it is just kind of like a definitive history of Final Destination. Um, and, and so, yes, they did take aspects of that flight and the disaster of that, but more like they, they just took things from different kind of flight disasters Mm -hmm. throughout 
you know, the past and use different aspects from each of them to make it seem more realistic. And it was coincidental that there were so many similarities because also this movie wasn't originally going to be about high schoolers. It was going to be a bunch of about a bunch of adults who didn't know each other. Alex was going to be in his early 20s and then everybody else was going to be varying ages, more similar to what the rest of the movies are like. Mm -hmm. But the success of Scream and having Mm -hmm. a teenage focused horror movie changed their minds. And so they lowered the age to high schoolers, which makes a lot of sense, honestly. Mm -hmm. And although it would have been intriguing to see this original this original entry with maybe an older group. There is something about having them younger that I think, especially for when we probably both watched this film, made it resonate a bit more because, yeah, the teen slasher thing was definitely in um, at the moment. Um, But I do also find it kind of uh, interesting that this whole script was, I guess, originally pitched, going to be pitched for like Mm X-Files since James Wong was very big in the world of x-files um so like originally it was like a spec script that evolved into this full this full length feature Mm -hmm. but yeah it's very interesting the the way that this movie came about just being made yeah but i think it was because of that a very like lightning in a bottle combination of just like things that are very scary in a scary time because it was so similar to real life events like it just made it hit different mm-hmm. in the in the especially the year 2000 was a wild time for those that weren't around around yeah. then y2k that whole business bruh it was a wild time and you know what honestly if they had waited any longer to do this movie it would have been post 9-11 mm-hmm. and this whole thing would have had to be changed this whole inciting yep. incident would have had to be completely different yeah and so yeah, this this beginning section, I think is actually it's it it's much longer than I remember it being. I remember this opening going. Like it, mm-hmm. I remember it being get on the plane, crash and it's a it's a wrap. But yeah. there we do actually get quite a lot of time to get familiar with our characters, which honestly is helpful. I think we get mm-hmm. enough time with them prior to the explosion that we do at least feel emotionally invested post the explosion and so the explosion scene in and of itself is is pretty freaking scary um because i am one of those people where it's the takeoff for me that yeah is rough if if the takeoff is rough at all my whole flight is ruined like Mm -hmm. i don't care if we get if the takeoff has turbulence and then the rest of the time is smooth sailing it doesn't matter (laughs) i'm still rattled from the takeoff so the takeoff is the most crucial point for me for the flight to dictate how i'm going to be feeling for the rest of the time and that's what starts here there's a very shaky takeoff there's another thing that happens in this movie right after where the flight attendants kind of give it everything's okay after the initial turbulence was it another thing because i always look at the flight attendants yeah to see how worried and that's a lot of pressure to put on a human being but i figure they've seen it all they've experienced all kinds of turbulence so Mm -hmm. if they look like they're chilling i'm chilling 
One time I saw a flight attendant sprint down the aisle to get into her seat during a particular bout of turbulence. And I thought, why are you running? <laughs> why are you running? Is it for exercise purposes? Or <laughs> and that stressed me the fuck out. But I think it was just because the pilot was like, hey, everybody should get in their seats. And she was not in her seat. I think right. that was literally the only reason. But it stressed me out. But everything seems fine. Mm-hmm. And then everything goes wrong. And then from the minute everything goes wrong, it goes really wrong because it's like there's multiple explosions. Half of the plane gets pulled off and people get blown through the side of the plane, which also the pressure of that alone would have been insane. So there's a part where Miss Luton is like reaching for one of the students. I'm like, she would have been blown the fuck back. (laughs) No, no freaking way. No Um, way. (laughs) And honestly, now we've seen this in a lot of films, not just horror, but the whole like plane loses part of or a side of the plane goes off and mm-hmm. then people fly out. What a terrible way to go, man. Dude. Yeah. 10 out of 10 do not want to go out that way because like imagine just being still in your fucking seatbelt on the way mm-hmm. down. Like, oh, my God. Right. And that's one of the incidents, one of the real life scenarios that they pulled from is there has been a flight where that has happened and uh obviously not everyone will get pulled out but but the pressure will still affect the entire cabin and that's the thing it's it's like the pressure does not affect everybody in the way that i think it probably would have Mm -hmm. um but yeah so i think three people get pulled out everybody else dies in the explosion this is Alex's vision, and then he runs off, and subsequently, a few people get off of the plane, and then it actually happens. And so then from this moment on, we're dealing with the survivors. And what I do really like about this movie, especially because everybody knows each other, I think, and I think to a certain degree, we get a little bit of this in the third one as well, is it does really feel like this situation has a lot of weight like people are dealing with the repercussions of this event for the entirety of the movie and Mm -hmm. i like that it really does feel like this really affects the characters especially because each character has a very different relationship with someone that stayed on the plane or if they don't have a relationship with someone that stayed on the plane it's just the survivor's guilt or the other side of that where it's I'm just so excited that I have a new chance at life. It's very interesting to see the different ways that people handle the fact that they survived. Because I think we kind of get to see every possible kind of emotion towards it through the characters that do get to survive. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, there's everybody's got their own version of grief, remorse, what have you, that uh, is unique to them. Uh, but it is it is nice to see so many different perspectives on the situation. And it's also kind of heartbreaking to watch the people get left on the plane knowing mm-hmm. what their fate's going to be. Because, like, mind you, I remember a lot about this opening sequence. I didn't remember necessarily every person that almost wasn't on the plane, you know what I mean? And, like, for those people, you're just like, damn. That sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that yeah. really sucks. Uh, especially, I think the biggest ones got, or one of the biggest ones, got to be the the teacher, right? The mm-hmm. teacher who was like, "Ah, uh, 
you go. And then Miss yeah. <laughs> Luton's like, nah, you know no. French. You should be on there. You stay. Yes, because that's the biggest. You have you of course have Todd and his brother, but that one is a little bit different because somebody has to go after Alex, right? Right. Someone had to leave. It wasn't like it's there was no switcheroo. It was literally like his brother was like, Hey, you should go check on him. And Todd was like, Okay, sure, whatever. But yes, with Miss Luton, she was supposed to go back. He asked her to go back, and then she mm-hmm. said, No, you should go. Yeah. Um, All with the best intentions, of course. Yes, with the best intentions, of course. And so she, I think, really feels a lot of guilt about that because that was supposed to be in a certain, in her mindset, that was supposed to be her. Yeah. And then... um, You also have, like, Billy, though, who was just somehow along for the ride the entire time yeah Billy. <laughs> from, from beginning of movie to end to his end billy was just really along for the ride billy just got backed off of the plane it, he <laughs> came on the flight late and so as the flight attendants are forcing alex off billy's just in the way and so he just has to back all the way off of the flight <laughs> because yeah he was just late i also love how they make such a big carter is pissed he's like i can't believe you're ruining our trip we're not on the plane but they are gonna get on another flight they only have to wait three hours for the next yeah. flight. <laughs> he makes it seem like they're missing the whole trip they're only going to be three hours late i think he even says something like we're missing half a day in paris do you know how time do you know how time works i mean yeah <laughs> you're gonna be three out you're just a couple you're gonna be a couple hours behind the other group yeah it's not that big of a deal but uh, carter also just hates everybody besides yeah. terry so it is what it is but we do meet our detectives too mm-hmm. um who detective shrek who's played by daniel roebuck i always feel horrible because he has had a very prolific career but the one thing that i will always recognize him from is the disney channel original movie quince also starring Kimberly J. Brown from Halloween Town. Oh and God. I hate that I have <laughs> narrowed his career down to this one movie, but I watched Quince so much when I was younger that anytime I see his face, I just think of that movie. The disrespect. <laughs> I know, I hate it. I hate it. And I'm sorry. I apologize to him. But the detectives are in this movie to kind of be. The thing that gets in the way of Alex, like the thing that pushes him back from being able to help as much as he would like to, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, yes and no. <laughs> Mostly because like, yes, in the terms of like, they don't understand where Alex is coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he had this premonition he had this feeling and things just kind of lined up that it was in line with what he had imagined. But also on the flip side, I got to be honest, Alex was kind of getting on my nerves because of the way that he would handle certain situations and the sheer amount of guilty that he would make himself <laughs> look on so many occasions. Yes. Where it's like you either minded your own business or told everybody all of the information that you actually had, you very easily could have cleared your name, Alex. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I understand the agents having an eye for Alex after the plane. He is the most likely suspect. 
it makes a lot of sense. He had a premonition about an explosion that it happens on the plane. Of course, he's going to be the first guy you go after. But after everybody else starts dropping, all you had to do was live your life. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like Todd, had you just stayed in your room that night would have been completely fine. Terry, I don't even know how they tried to pin the Terry one on her, but just like uh, or Miss Mrs. Luton, like the places that he puts himself instead of just letting the agents know, like, hey, I know this sounds crazy. But I have this kind of theory that maybe certain people are going to meet certain ends at certain times. Even if he gave him that and just stepped back and let death do its thing, he would have cleared his name 30 minutes into this film. Right. Yeah. The Mrs. Luton one, it's like there's no excuse to be made for you. Alex, no, you, none. You literally zero. It all up. Yeah, it's it's you've done this to yourself, and we will we refuse to make excuses for you anymore. But yeah, the ones prior to that are all accidents. And I, yes, it's the whole thing with the plane and them sus- suspecting him. Of course, because of what he said, it's like you can't scream the plane's gonna explode on a plane and think that nobody's gonna think <laughs> think. Uh, are you can someone involved? get this guy? Yeah. So. Yes, they, of course, think that that's very suspicious and they have to check into that. That would have been a great time for him to just say, hey, I have a lot of plane anxiety. I had a dream that the plane was going to explode. It freaked me out and I panicked. (laughs) Had he just been literally honest? Right. It would have been fine. But I'll give Alex a pass because he does... He did just have a premonition that came true. And I think he's still quite shaken by that scenario. So that one, I give a pass. But yeah, the rest of them, the detectives are always so suspicious of him. I think the worst incidents, you would think it would be Terry, but I actually think the worst time where the detectives are just doing too much is is after Todd's death because they seem so... They are looking at Alex as Alex walks up. They're like, what is he doing here? Todd was A, his best friend, and B, Alex lives across the street. <laughs> like yeah. He lives right across the street from Todd, basically. <laughs> and there's police cars and ambulance, all these flashing lights. And you have definitive evidence that, according to them, Todd did this to himself. So... Mm-hmm. Why the suspicion? Why the eyes? Why the the eyebrows? The question marks? <laughs> true, true. But then, like, I give them, I throw them a little bit of a bone because it's just every time, like, again, right. these are some freak occurrences happening, right? And just every single time one of these happens, Alex happens to be there. Mm-hmm. But yes, there are just like so many extraneous things that kind of prove Alex's innocence very early on. That I think, again, had he just like, in this one instance, kind of cooperated a little bit more, not just with the um, with the agents, but also with like the group of people that he's trying to protect. (laughs) He could have, I don't know, stopped these events because, you know, the force that we're dealing with is a little omnipotent in that way. But I just feel like he could have had a lot more help um, if he was just a bit more transparent. Right. And now and it it does take Alex a while to kind of get a grasp on what exactly is happening. Also, going back a little bit, I did just want to say 
Alex's parents, that was very nice of them to bring clear home. Mm -hmm. But when they do so, it is pouring down rain. Absolutely pouring, just torrential rain. And they drop her not in front of her house. They drop her in front of her driveway. They don't even <laughs> drive her down the driveway and make sure that she gets in safely. They, She lives in the middle of the woods. They mm-hmm. drop her at the very end of her driveway. She slops down into the mud and then they just drive away. And she's still standing in the rain. She has to walk all the way down (laughs) this muddy driveway into her house. I just thought that that was wild. I mean. Yeah. (laughs) Fair. But also, like, what is Clear's situation anyway? Like, Mm -hmm. I know that we get it later on. Like, she tells us about, like, what happened with her dad and, like, with her mom and this new, like, stepdad, whatever have you. But where are they? Yeah. The way that it feels. There's two ways that I that it feels like is going. Either she does still live with her mom and her mom's new guy, but they're just never there, or she doesn't live with them anymore and the mom just kind of said, "Stay in the house and I'll check on you when I check on you." And then just like disappeared. That's the <laughs> there's the cuz the mom I'm leaning more towards the first one of the mom and her new guy are just gone. Never around. Because yeah, Yeah. she's not paying for this house by herself. Like somebody's got to have the mortgage going on this. But I'm leaning towards that. And maybe they just come home for a few days or for a week and then they go on vacation or they stay out all the time. And I'm leaning towards that just from the way she seemed to maybe think someone was going to come pick her up and then realize nobody was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Which because, is another set of that's wild. Yes. Like even for even for dirtbag parents like that's crazy that's to me. Nuts. And. Yeah, so I'm leaning more towards that, but it is a it's not totally <laughs> explained because Claire every time we see Claire at her house, which is actually quite often, she actually mm-hmm. does. We do get to spend a lot of time at her house. She is consistently home alone. And yeah. the detectives also never really Even check on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, "Ah, we're not here for that. We're here for Alex, but Yeah, true. We, uh-huh. g- good luck and, and good god for you." Like, <laughs> okay. Uh, while we're also uh, backed up a little bit, um, need to talk about the memorial for a second here because yeah. I had quite a few notes about some little observations that I made. The first and most important one is um, when we get to the memorial and we do that panning shot of like Alex and seeing his reactions to this and like the moment where he's, you know, really close up on him, a big emotional moment. There is one extra right, right behind him that she the black is family mean yes. mugging yes. the fuck out of Alex. And it no. stands <laughs> out because she's her and her like person she's sitting next to are one of very few black people within this mm-hmm. area. <laughs> true, true. Um, but it's just like, so you got this one black girl who is just mean mugging Alex. But when I say mean mugging Alex, I mean mean mugging for the entirety of this section. She does not break eye contact with the back of this man's head. And I 
could not believe my eyes. That shit was wild to me. I saw, I noticed the same. That's the first time I've ever noticed that. Yes, she's looking at him as if he is the devil himself. <laughs> she, and it's weird because she's not involved at all in this situation. It's not like she's a family member. She de- like, or maybe she was, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe she's a family uh, member. Frankly, of the, I didn't see any black people on that flight. I'll right. be real, but. That's fair. But she is looking at pouring, boring her eyes into him. And there's one, she looks away for one second and I thought, oh, okay, they must have like said something. And then it cuts back and she's, she's looking at him again, Mm -hmm. just staring. But there's also another lady in the airport scene post Alex getting off of the plane. There is a lady that is sitting behind him who is turning all the way around in her chair and also just staring at the back of (laughs) Alex's head. And then finally she does turn around. It seems Mm. like, I don't know, she was trying to play a bit or (laughs) what she was doing, but she does finally turn around. But I think that's why I noticed the girl at the memorial so much because I was like, another extra? Mm -hmm. Dead ass staring at Alex? (laughs) Like... What's going on? I, I don't know, but she she stole all my attention mm-hmm. for the entirety of the time she was on screen. Um, yeah. But so, some other choice um, wild moments from the memorial. Um, I'm never going to die from Carter. Mm-hmm. Bold statement. Um, also, don't talk to me. You scare the hell out of me. Another bold statement. Mm-hmm. That one coming from Miss Luton. <laughs> Don't talk to me. You scared the hell out of me. Which yes. was savage as fuck to me. I don't know why, <laughs> but I like audibly laughed when she said that shit. I think it was just her reaction and how pure it was. Because he really walked up to her like, hey, I'm sorry. And she's mm-hmm. don't even don't even talk to me, bro. Shuts him down immediately. Talking just... about thinking pe- people who think that Alex is the devil. She thinks that she he is the devil, Satan and everything she, in between. She shut him down so quick. Like with the quickness of a girl who's at a club or at a bar and some <laughs> guy walks up and is about to be like, hey, can I bet? And she was like, I'm not interested. Like that's I'm with my friends. Miss <laughs> Luton literally did that to Alex and then immediately walked away. I'm with, I'm with my friends. <laughs> there are somewhat, this memorial was giving me very much um, pet cemetery funeral vibes where mm. a lot of things are being said that feel very dis- disrespectful for what is actually happening because at the end of the day, this is a remembrance of all of the people who unfortunately did not survive the crash. And we just watch Alex can like have all of these moments with people right in front of the memorial, in front of all of the grieving families. All yeah. of this is happening in front of the grieving families. <laughs> and I think that's what's so crazy about it. Yeah. Um, and then also one more thing, post-memorial um but right before todd in the bathroom i just have to ask the question um todd what were you shaving like what what (laughs) what was the point like what was the point of the razor yeah i think they tried to find something for todd to do he's just (laughs) brushing his teeth but i will say this death to me is one that sticks in my head i think mm-hmm. the most from this film just because it is so brutal and it's elongated yeah. and i think because todd is the character that you almost feel like because of his relation to alex it almost feels like todd should survive longer last a little bit longer yeah but he's the first one to be taken out yeah. and it's rough 
It is a it rough is. death. And that effect with the eyes, the eyes the, the, oh. which I think are just contact lenses that they kind of that like varied. But the red eyes look so real. Mm-hmm. And like, I just think also the way that it's acted is just it's so it's so good. And this is also so this is something that they scrap for the later movies. But the whole idea of death covering its tracks this is also something that only happens in todd's death only in todd's and this whole idea of the (laughs) liquid getting sucked back up like (laughs) through a straw like death was like (laughs) oh gotta gotta clean up after myself because it's not something that ends up happening any other time and this movie is really the only one that tries to personify death in in some of the moments and it's something that also gets scrapped later on because uh, something that I read in that article is that they were saying the production company and the studio were very, very wary about not having a physical antagonist because mm. that was just not the thing at the time. It was you had to have a, a person that like they could say this is the villain. And so having it just be the idea of death was not sitting right with them. So they wanted things like the black shadows that we see every once in a while. Right. They wanted like flashes of skulls in the mirror and things like that but as time went on it was getting too expensive to add in all these effects so they just said fuck it it's going to be invisible but it's (laughs) but it's interesting because they decided to keep in what they had already shot the Mm. moments they had already shot they left them but then some of them don't have them so you can almost kind of track the order (laughs) of like which they shot shot the deaths um but yeah, that's totally scrapped later on, which I honestly think is better. I think it almost becomes a little silly when you try to say, when you almost think of it as death skulking around and yeah. being on the scene, it almost brings it into like silly, cheesy territory that I don't think it was trying to be that way. <laughs> true, true. So like, yeah, I agree. I think having it be a force of nature is definitely the better go here. Um, and then last thing with the whole Todd situation, I just don't understand how Todd's dad in any way, shape or form could conceptualize that this is Alex's, Alex's fault. Alex's fault. I, I like literally don't get that. Even his argument out loud, I feel like he should have taken a second and been like, that just sounds like <laughs> nonsense even coming yeah. from me right now. Cause that makes no sense. It's, it's. He saved your son, bro. That's he saved what I'm him. Saying saved his life. Is I get it grieving parents maybe uh, kind of try and put blame uh, this is what it feels like he's putting blame on alex because alex is there it's it's he can't blame something that's not there so he's just putting all of his anger on alex but i, I mean dude if if not for alex both of your sons would be dead i'm not saying that it's great that you got to like oh great you got to keep one aren't mm-hmm. you happy about like i'm not trying to say that but i'm just saying because of this whole scenario, uh, Todd, at least, is still here and still alive. And you guys can grieve together. But, like, the dad's controlling the way that Todd grieves because he won't even let him hang out with Alex. And and telling Alex that it's his fault that Todd had grief about the situation. It's like, dude, that's not even... What are you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And I could see it would be different if Alex had explicitly said, hey, come with me. But they wanted to check on him because he was their friend. Like, yeah. what's not clicking? 
know. But that that had me miffed. Like I <laughs> I'm like not even involved in any of this, but I was upset by that. Right, I was like, yeah. how dare you, sir? <laughs> I'm not even a part of this family and I'm pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> um but moving moving on from Todd a little bit, kinda. Because now at this point in the story, Clear and mm. Alex have formed a bond, um, enough of a bond that they are now breaking into funeral homes together. Uh-huh. Yeah. Clear and Alex's relationship is interesting throughout this film. It's Clear is very, very much attached to Alex. And not to say that he is not to her, because I think as the movie goes on, he really does feel fondly for her but from the minute that everything happened she feels very strongly towards him Mm -hmm. and really really wants to be around him and check on him there's another element that i feel like doesn't get carried over later on where clear feels feels what alex feels and it's not this is not something that happens with characters (laughs) later it's like they're connected and she felt his emotions on the plane and she like can tell where he's she uses this this connection to find him later on the beach she knows the radius that he's gonna be within Mm -hmm. it's just a bit strange but it, it feels like it feels like maybe earlier on in the script there was more kind of clarification of what their relationship is and maybe there's some romantic moments cut out because we skipped to her calling him baby baby later very on quickly. yeah that was the first time i've ever caught that but i replayed that scene like three times i was like i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. what did you just call him <laughs> she's like baby and and she calls him baby a couple times towards the end and obviously by the end of it they are a couple but that's also months in the future they've had time to legitimately cultivate a relationship but in this moment i don't know if maybe there was more romantic undertones at least from alex that's the only mm-hmm. thing that was missing it's very clear that clear is into him but alex is going through so much shit that like that's the last thing on his mind yeah. and so it's just not quite matching up it's given a little bit more he's just not that into you vibes i mm-hmm. think he definitely feels cares about her like i said but he's giving more of like we're very good friends <laughs> where she's giving like we're, we're in a relationship yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but somewhere at some point in this film these two get together before they're actually together at the end mm-hmm. don't ask us where because you can't find it in the movie mm-hmm. but in this moment they're in the funeral home and two things that stuck out to me is one is this idea of is that him from Alex towards Todd, his friend of so many years, you could not tell that that was Todd. It felt like it was very clearly Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. But also, I don't know how they didn't have any red flags towards this mortician who was so calmly OK with them breaking into the funeral home <laughs> and then proceeds to give them so many specific details about their situation like Mm -hmm. what how do you know these things man that i've never met right but it's weird it so also this jump scare did get me the where todd flinches because the sound cue for it is so fucking loud Mm -hmm. it spooked me i was like jesus christ but um yeah tony todd's character is only in this movie for a few minutes he's a very small part but he is the guy who gives 
Alex kind of a little brain blast. And so Alex starts to be more familiar with the situation. But Tony Todd, at the end of the day, is just a mortician. He really is just this guy. It's not like he's death. He's just Mm -hmm. a guy who was very familiar with death. And I guess it works because I think what he's saying is like vague enough that it could just be a guy who is being just a little cryptic and fucking with these kids. Cause that's what I I, I feel like they were playing that one up though for him to be dead. Yeah. I mean, I think that they were just, I think that that was maybe another situation where they were like, Oh, we're not personifying him, but like, here's, here's a guy that's going to give you maybe that thing you've been wanting that like creepy Mm -hmm. guy who could be the bad guy vibe. I don't know. Like, it feels like that's what they're doing, but at the, but then yeah, when it all comes back around, he, he really is just a guy, (laughs) (laughs) but it's Tony Todd. So he's a cool guy, Mm -hmm. but he's just a guy. (laughs) Yeah. That honestly, the whole funeral home section, like it's very important because we get the key Mm -hmm. uh, information for the rest of the film. But it's just like at that point, I felt like people stopped acting like people and just like there was a little bit of like caricature stuff happening there. And like, I don't know. Yeah. Part of me really, uh, it could just be this watch because um, I, I I like this movie and I have a lot of nostalgia attached to this film. But I hate to do this in the midst of like a very important writer strike right now. But like. I kind of feel like this script ain't the best, like going back to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think especially with this moment is it really does or, or not with this moment, but I guess this idea as a whole, things are different in the future um, because once this movie gets established, I feel like then when people kind of need to figure out what's going on, they can always look back on past events and it, the in news articles, right? Because there's always that moment where people need to figure out what's going on. And mm-hmm. so they'll be able to look back. But because this is the first movie and this has never happened before, they don't have that. They don't have a way for Alex to just figure out on his own what's going on because it's such a specific situation. So it's like they needed to find some way to get the information across. And then I feel like they wrote this character literally only for that. Only to be... The exposition dump but mm-hmm. not too much of it it's like they knew they couldn't go too far but they needed somehow to push alex forward and right. i almost feel like it would have just been better if alex had figured it out on his, on own. his own yeah i hate because he kills he kills it i oh, love yeah. him every time but is tony todd the magical negro in this one because it really feels like it mm-hmm. given the circumstances yeah, he he is a little he is a little bit he is. And so a that's bit. why I, I kind of like I prefer, I guess, to imagine that he is somewhat of an agent of death, because in that regard, then at least he has some subtext. Yeah, I but I guess the good thing about it is that he literally does this and then that's it. Like, it's not like he comes he back and he saves them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't that's have to fair. do all that shit. He's just like, I got my check and <laughs> we're going to call it a day. And so, um, yeah, it's like, a, it's a fun, it's one of those scenes where it's fun because it's Tony Todd. Mm-hmm. But if it had been anybody else, 
I feel like I really would have thought, why is this scene in here? But they mm-hmm. really saved themselves by having Tony Todd be in in this scene because then it feels like, ah, yeah, it's cool to see him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I honestly think that this is one instance where Alex probably would have figured out some, like, especially because as the deaths ramp up, I don't think it would have been that hard to realize everybody that survived is dying and then from there figure out the order figure out all that figure out that like we cheated death like i don't think that that would have been a large leap (laughs) to make um because also we get a very very another iconic death fairly quickly after that which is terry's bus death which is the other jump scare that i think could easily get you because it's a good one it's a good one and like i like her death i like the bus jump scare um also, we got the little Final Destination theme in there, too, which was fun. I don't know what song that is, but it literally has Final Destination I in the lyrics. I think it's like a... Is it Nine Inch Nails? It's one of those bands. <laughs> band like that. <laughs> one, one of them bands. One of them, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I like the cafe sequence. Um, I still don't get... At this point in the film, I'm a little bit fed up with Carter. Because, like, I understand (laughs) that he is going through whatever he's going through. He's got this, like, God complex thing that's formed since the situation. But, bro, get a life. (laughs) Like, literally, like, go do anything other than just terrorizing Alex, the guy Mm -hmm. who, let me remind you, saved your life. (laughs) Right. And he's so... Carter's downfall in this movie is his pride and his ego. It's like he can't ever admit that he's scared because that's Mm -hmm. the thing. It's after the crash. I think it's very clear that he's rattled by the situation but doesn't want to be. And similarly to Todd's father kind of takes all of that frustration out on Alex and refuses to just like accept things the way that they are and move on and that's partly why terry gets killed right in the scene is because carter didn't need to but he stops because he sees alex just having a cup of coffee on the on the on the sidewalk and Mm -hmm. carter goes absolutely feral when he sees it (laughs) blows like a completely how dare you all have coffee after what happened and he blames alex for miss luton deciding that she wants to leave but i'm like i think it's more so the horrible tragedy that is making her want to move Mm -hmm. the more so than the fact that alex is still here and yeah carter is a bit of a hard character to swallow because uh, but what i will say what i do like about carter i like that he doesn't change because i feel like this would be the type of scenario where they would do that whole like oh this made carter a better person but it doesn't. Not really. He's better in the sense of he's more tolerant of Alex and clear and like he's friendlier with them by the end. But he's still a dick. Like he's still True. that same douche guy who doesn't know when to stop and pushes things too far. And I do appreciate that about this character because I don't think he's the type of person that would have like a kumbaya moment where everything would be different (laughs) just because there was this death, you know, near death scenario. Um, Because I just think that that ego of his is never gonna, it's never gonna go away until he dies, which he does (laughs) at the end of the movie. Um, But yeah, he's definitely the most 
He's the character I feel like that kind of gets the most under your skin just because of this, the situations that he puts himself and other people in is very frustrating. Um, but I think you can kind of understand because of the type of person that he is, why he does the stupid shit he does. But as the movie goes on, you're just like, dude, we cannot, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for you to be playing these crazy games. Mm -hmm. But um yeah, I, by the end of it, I, I don't mind Carter as much, but he definitely is still annoying by the end of it. Yeah. I would you just say, gotta get used to him by yeah, the end of it. Yeah, I would say it's weird because I've never really known how I feel about um, Billy. Mm -hmm. He's just like he's just a goofy guy, but yeah. he's just I don't know, just something about the way that he always pops up and it's just has always some has some create some dumb shit to say i've never really known how i how i feel about him to me i it's like i like him enough but to me i think out of all of the characters he feels the most like a body just like a yeah. body that i'm waiting it, to it be feels taken out. like like yeah they added him in to be basically like the comic relief like they mm -hmm. wanted to have that lighter character and then you know sean william scott getting him attached to a project you're just like yeah why not yeah. um but Billy as a character really just doesn't do anything for me. Mm -hmm. Like outside of having a memorable death, I just feel like he doesn't really add anything. Mm -hmm. I'm cool with there being a comic relief character, but I just want them to add in some way to the dynamic. And I just don't feel like Billy really does ever. That's fair. Yeah, he... And I think that's too, because he, I think out of everybody, feels the most separate to the group. He doesn't have... It doesn't ever feel like he has like friends, not in a bad way, but not like a set group of friends where you're like, this is how he's connected. He yeah. just seems like the guy that Carter picks on a lot. And then it doesn't really feel like him and Alex had a prior relationship at all. And so I think that's the only thing is he feels the most outside of the group at times. And then. I, there's a certain element of the whole like, oh, well, now that this has happened to us, we're kind of all connected feeling from him that I kind of like where it's almost because of what has happened. He has like found has family friends. now. Yeah, it's yeah. like almost the situation has forced him to or has forced <laughs> them all to be friends, which part of me feels like he kind of enjoys, mm -hmm. which and I like that aspect of it. But yeah, I think that there's a little bit of him that just feels kind of disconnected from from everything else yeah um and then he also and then that leads us lastly into miss luton whose yeah. death scene is the most involved of any of them it is well it besides is, maybe clear yeah i mean hers is pretty dramatic but <laughs> um yeah see the i feel like the difference between miss luton and billy right is the same situation where you have someone who's kind of like outside of this group even though they are a mishmash of people like she i feel like her and billy are like the two outsider characters where even though mrs luton only once in a while interacts with our main group i still feel like she adds on a layer to the story and to the overall experience as the viewer that like it supports her being there because mm -hmm. like one we have this character who seems to be dealing with this grief the hardest just due to the circumstances to the point where she's going to move away um but then also just her her entire attitude towards alex i love that because like i love that at least one person does have that attitude towards mm -hmm. him or it's like 
you are a walking black cat Friday the 13th bad luck symbol. Like, yeah. I don't want to be anywhere near you. Like, stay away from me. Mm-hmm. And now I will say, although I absolutely love Miss Luton's sequence, like, from beginning to end, and I, it's one of the ones that has stuck with me because it is so elaborate, it felt the most like her fault than all of the other ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I would actually I, agree with that. I and I feel really bad for saying that because, like, yes, this is all supposed to be a part of Death's design and whatnot, but like, she just made a lot of wrong choices. She, similarly to a move that Alex makes at the end that makes things worse, Miss Luton also makes things worse, and 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 it's one of those things where. Also, sorry to jump back a little bit. One thing I did want to say: ain't no way. Carter and Alex got out of the way of that train. In time. No way. Ain't no way. No way. They are flat as a pancake. They they most definitely died. Absolutely. They. I think they played that a little bit too close to to. <laughs> it just. I. It. They die. Like from my perspective, they big dead. From everyone's perspective, they yes. died. And this is turning into a Casper scenario where it's Devin Sawa's spirit coming <laughs> to help the rest of his friends at the end of it. But yeah. So Miss. It, she's it's just the the part where she g- tries to grab the cloth and pulls six knives down on top of her that feels very much like that didn't need to happen <laughs> i mean i there's also the whole explosion thing i feel like i would notice if i was trailing vodka vodka behind me for that long yeah, it's like I can understand, you know, like every once in a while you're absent-minded, you're doing something, you don't notice a little spill, right? But if your if your cup is cracked and you're just leaking liquids the entirety of your distance from kitchen to room, I feel like you would notice. Also, maybe it's just the techie in me, but I wouldn't be hovering my vodka <laughs> cup over my electronics also. Mm-hmm. And I would back sufficiently up if something started sparking for sure um and i love that she walks the exact path of the vodka (laughs) back into the kitchen so it's just like nipping at her heel the fire's nipping at her (laughs) her heels the whole time she's walking um it's one of those things where it's very unfortunate miss luton's death scenario feels it feels very unfortunate it feels very painful and she did not deserve to go out like that but there are a couple questionable moves that she makes i will say the one thing i'll give miss luton and the questionable moves that she makes is she i think is one of the few characters that we see very very frazzled and very very just still dealing with this and and having the hardest time still dealing with this so she's not in the right mindset she also has a piece of glass in her throat, but there are quite a lot of things happening that I feel like didn't need to happen the way that they happened. Nah, um, nah. She, <laughs> there, there may have been some signs of life for her if she was just paying more attention. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, though, one thing that I do really enjoy about the sequence is the way that the movie plays with you and like mm-hmm. um, flipping your expectations about how people are going to die. Because, like, I enjoy that you get teased about different points in time of when Miss Luton is going to die. You know she's going to die, but you're just like, at this point, how, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, I feel like once things all line up 
to the computer sparking and then glass going into her throat. That wasn't what I thought was going to happen. So the movie got me there. Like the movie did like line it up into a way that something unexpected did happen. Yeah. And I think cinematically this death is very visually is Mm -hmm. insane. It's so cool. And one of the most, like I said, most intensely choreographed death scenes that we'll have in this movie that I feel like the future movies, I think, really take from this sort of a like situation, because I think as time goes on, that does become kind of the thing of Final Destination is it's not the death is exciting because the sequencing towards the death is so mysterious. You never Mm -hmm. know exactly what it's going to be. There's a lot of red herrings within the time frame of, you know, the character's going to die, but the question is when and how, Mm -hmm. and that is always super fun. I also always love the little clues that Alex gets. I think that those are fun because it's like from the clues, you can try and discern exactly what it's going to be, but it's always like a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It's always like a little twist on it. Yeah. It's Um, like you're playing the game when you watch these movies. mm -hmm. It's, it's the, how will they die game yeah and i love that (laughs) but going into the ending um alex's descent into madness i think devin sawwell plays that so good i love the whole thing in the cabin where he's just freaking like he's just going crazy and he's like tetanus (laughs) you almost had me yeah (laughs) it's like bro what Uh, he's losing it i had one note about the cabin sequence and i was like lol me during the pandemic (laughs) (laughs) basically yeah because Yeah, he is losing it and it's great. But one of my favorite moments of this movie is when he remembers that he didn't switch seats yet. And so he's not next. Clear is next. I love that moment because I always love when they figure out like the order. I always think that's so fun. But Clear's whole death sequence is pretty involved. I would say just as much as as Miss Luton's is. There's definitely a lot going on here. And the only part of this ending sequence that I have always felt like it didn't need to be there is Alex when he's running through the woods and the tree falls on him. And oh, he's, yeah, and he's drowning. Kind of sort of drowning. I've always felt like that did not need to be there. I, I no. just it just cuts. away. it takes time away from Clear's situation. And it feels so weird that death despite not having successfully killed her would already start killing him it just doesn't make it doesn't track to me and it just feels really kind of like slows every it slows the pace of everything down and i know he's not gonna die so what's the point of it (laughs) exactly and that's coming towards the end is actually another spot where i was like I don't know how I feel about this script anymore, like this many years Mm. removed from it, because like, I feel like a lot of these plot points are very like, yeah, they're good if you accept them to be them finding him right at that moment. And then him just taking to the lake and they this full squad of officers and agents can't think of a better solution than driving to the other side. (laughs) But then just, yeah, I feel like the whole sequence with him trying to get to clear I get it. Like, you know, he's trying to make his hero's journey to go save Clear. Sure. But it really feels like it takes us out of Clear's section. Mm -hmm. And I don't 
particularly like that because like you bring up a great point where they do this back and forth about like all right clear almost died then alex almost died then clear almost died then alex almost died but we've already established that clear is going to be next so like we're spending a lot of time watching alex do these like near-death experiences when we just know he's not gonna die and it's like it's kind of like an artificial um tension that we're trying to add to an already tense scenario because i like the sequencing for clear situation now i don't know exactly how death was planning on killing clear here um it's a little convoluted but whatever's going on is fun and like by the time she's in the car and trapped in the car and like all of these circumstances have now converged to have her in that in that moment i'm like yes i'm excited to be here I just don't know why we spent so much time with Alex on the way to get here. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I feel like it would have been just as exciting when he showed up, even if we hadn't have seen the journey he'd gone on. If we had been with her the whole time and then he showed up when he showed up, it almost would have been more surprising mm-hmm. to know the time because we didn't know the timing of it. We didn't know where he was. And so I feel like even if he had just popped up when he normally does, but we had cut out the whole chase sequence, I think it would have been fine because, yeah. you know, the only thing that we need to know from the chase sequence is, uh, is that he lost the police. But I probably wouldn't know that anyway, because the police are just kind of lackadaisical when it comes to Alex anyways. So I feel like yeah, the man was sitting on a beach and they're like, we can't find him anywhere. Find him anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And they and so I, I don't think it would have been a surprise to know that he lost them especially since he has to run through the woods so yeah yeah, like the moment that he knows that they switch seats and makes that realization boom we got it we can fully be involved in clear situation Mm -hmm. we don't have to go back to alex we know he's on his way that's all that actually matters there yeah the question just becomes will he make it in time or not Mm-hmm. Um, but since we follow him, we know that he's almost there. <laughs> so yeah, he saves clear. And by doing so, it jumps her and it goes to Alex. And they think that because he died and came back to life, they're in the clear. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and then we jump forward six months. Oh, also there's a, there's a shot where all the power goes out and clear has like a little can. She lights a candle, but it's a, it's like the really tall wax candle. And then she puts it on the little dish uh-huh. and she walks up and it's giving very much like cap and nightgown era. <laughs> it Scrooge, really is. Scrooge through the halls. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay, clear. <laughs> um, Ebenezer, Ebenezer Rivers. <laughs> Ebenezer clear. <laughs> but I was like, you do what you need to do, girl. Um, but I do love this ending. I do think this ending is so the the sting of it of the who's next who's next go go (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then the and just seeing the the sign swing down and then it cutting Mm -hmm. oh my god I love that shit yeah I like I like the ending I I always have um I was more nitpicky this time around just because of the nature of why we're watching this right Mm -hmm. and so some questions that I had Mm -hmm. again tiny little nitpicks um one is six months like six months and y'all are already back on planes bravery extreme bravery Mm -hmm. i commend y'all good for you but like why why was there so much time i guess and like why was he in the clear for so long did not mean to do it again Mm -hmm. um when he was clearly next in the in the Mm-hmm. rotation it's one yeah. of the things that i i think you're supposed to just suspend your disbelief there but like i did 
think about it this time around because it, it it feels like death is a silly little bitch in the in the terms of like death is just fucking around and thinking oh well fine uh, you live won this life. round <laughs> live your life but i'll be waiting because in the first uh, post the plane explosion it's 39 days before anything mm. happens so i think death just kind of likes to play with people and yeah. mess around with them, I guess, lulling them into a full sense of security. And mm. maybe there's something poetic about it happening in Paris. <laughs> maybe it's true. But like a bus in Paris, I'm going to just call your yeah. shit on this one. You couldn't be a little bit more creative yeah. with that. Like you derivative. already did the bus thing. We did that. Yeah. We did that back in the States. Haven't we moved on? Aren't we in a new era? Like, <laughs> we're going to do a bus again. At least have it be something specific to paris yeah. have them fall off the eiffel tower have the whole <laughs> eiffel tower fall over <laughs> on top, on of, top alex. of alex <laughs> and i mean i guess they kind of do that because you get the sign and it's Kinda. like it says the it's oh oh eight one so it's yeah. 180 backwards i was like that's a that's a cool that's a cool touch but i don't know have them get impaled by a baguette just something yeah. a little bit more creative more something <laughs> something but yeah it's it, it, it it's questionable but i do like that we see that alex has still been stewing on it over all this time like he hasn't yeah. moved on um not really and so maybe that's another thing maybe alex has been being super duper cautious for the whole six months and this is the first time that he's let his guard down mm -hmm. no I yeah it, it's possible and again they're they're very minor nitpicks because like all in all i think it is a good wrap-up mm -hmm. um it is still very weird to see um carter in the mix like i know that he's the last person to go so that's kind of why he's there but i'm like it didn't feel like y'all ended on friendship you know what mm -hmm. i mean like you did save his life that one time but i don't know i didn't know if we were like all the way cool bro because you did almost get me hit by a train like i didn't forget right. about that right oh speaking of that too i love that they have Carter piss himself. I love those little touches because it just feels so <laughs> realistic. I'm like, of course you would. Of course mm -hmm. you would. You almost got hit by a train. But yeah, when we first when we leave them, they're in a weird spot. But I suppose they've reconciled <laughs> sometimes over those six months. Over I the guess. months, just like I said, Clear and um, Alex are now in a relationship. Yeah, but they already were, according to the they movie. Are, yeah, <laughs> according to Clear, they've been in a relationship for the whole six months. I'm the sure if you asked Alex. <laughs> The moment she showed him her sculpture, they had Dude, already tied the knot. I even wrote that. That was one of my notes, too. Not the, I just wrote the sculpture. Because what? Girl, huh? This is very strange. Claire, <laughs> Claire gives off some questionable moments. But this one, Alex is very nice about it. And I don't know that I would have been. Not that it's a bad sculpture by any means. But she's like, this is, this is how I feel about you. And then it's like a wire. Not a wire. What is this? A spindly Sp guy. Uh, oh, uh, it's like a spiral of wire. The spiral all of the wires. way up. No, to... I had it until you said. <laughs> uh, I mean corkscrew, but yeah, I know what you're. If you guys could see me, <laughs> you, you know can see exactly the twirl. What I was talking about, but it's that connected to a big old piece of metal that I guess is supposed to look like the silhouette of a face, and then there's holes poked into it. And she mm -hmm. gives this whole speech about how this represents Alex, not in the little literal sense, but in the figurative sense. And then she says something about how like he is, he is like, a, his attraction is magnetizing or something. 
she's she comes on to him very strong in that yeah. moment. Um, but I also love that his reaction to her speech and the sculpture was, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm sorry. Because she says, this is how you make me feel. And he goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the spring head guy? It's you. Not a likeness. It's how you make me feel, Alex. I'm sorry. No, like you, the sculpture doesn't even know what or why it is. It's reluctant to take form, and you're creating an absolute but incomprehensible attraction. Four years of high school, we haven't said one word to each other. At that moment on the plane, I felt what you felt. I didn't even know where those emotions were coming from until you started freaking out. I didn't see what you saw. I felt it. You can still feel it, can't you? Something from that day is still with you. I know because I can still feel you. That's why I was there last night. But she was like, you know what? I've already practiced this monologue yeah. in my head, so I'm just going to still do it. Um, wasn't the reaction I thought I was going to get from you, but it's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I still I still think we can make this work. <laughs> I still think. And then when they when they break into the the morgue and she's like, oh, this gives me such a rush. He's like, what? He's like, she is down bad. This <laughs> whole movie. Dude. She is. She's like doing things I'm not supposed to do. Gives me such a rush. And Alice is like, girl, we're here to see my dead best friend. Can you rein it in? Golly. But um, yeah, that's the end of the movie. We end with a death and the fate of Clear and Alex in question because after Carter dies, it'll go back to Clear. Very true. <laughs> and the cycle will continue. The cycle continues. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, I was very happy to go back and revisit this movie again. This is one that um, was a big part of my growing up. And so getting to watch it as an adult was, I think, very eye opening for me, um, especially feels good to feel like I, I've come very far in terms <laughs> of fears because um, I can now ride planes. Spoiler mm -hmm. alert. I, I, I do take them. Not my favorite to be on them, but I will take them now. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I guess another I don't know this is a necessary PSA, but. Planes are very safe. They're they're I was gonna say this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like they are very safe vehicles, one of the safest ones. Mm -hmm. Um just keep that in mind when watching films about um planes blowing up and stuff, because it's very infrequent and you shouldn't be scared to fly. Flying is totally cool. Yes. And honestly, and I try and think of it this way. If it feels scary every it feels scary every time they announce that something has happened with a plane but if you think about it the reason that things like that feel so big is because it doesn't happen that often so when it does happen they announce it because it's like this is crazy huh because really if you think about it there really is a plane taking off almost every minute of every day yeah. like there are flights taking off all the time so yes planes are one of the safest ways of traveling even if it doesn't feel like it <laughs> yeah, yeah. um also one last thing that i meant to say earlier they are coming out with another Final Destination. Final Destination 6 is, right. is uh, has been announced. So I don't know. I don't think they've announced like a time frame for it. But it was announced 
first at the end of last year and then just last month they they came back and said hey this is still happening mm. this is still a go it's greenlit we're on the move so yeah. expect another one i always think it's funny how the fourth one named itself the final destination as if it was definitively going to be the last one and then they said actually <laughs> we're going <laughs> to keep going yeah yeah um but something to look forward to in the true future. and one of the few franchises where i'm kind of okay with seeing mm -hmm. it um in the now uh, um well i guess with technology now um because yeah. i think there are some very very cool things that we could do with the sequencing for deaths and i think the idea plays very well with today's technology so mm -hmm. i'm excited to see what they do with it honestly i'm kind of pumped for it yeah same although i will say for this one being the first one i think the deaths in this one hold up almost better than some of the ones in the fifth one do but i i think that's because it goes so cgi heavy in some of the newer ones mm. um but we got to figure out what we're going to rate this and honestly we've got a lot of options in this one that is true oh my god which one so uh, we could rate it out of um we could rate it out of killer buses killer buses that one we might need we might need that in the future yeah we might need killer buses later on you never know um we could rate it out of death's designs or death designs death designs i kind of like that with death designs has got the alliteration in there mm -hmm. it's on it's on topic. That might be the one. That might be the one. Okay, then. <laughs> All right. Well, seeing as you wanted to go to the final destination, Erica, why don't you go ahead and hit us first with your rating? How many death designs are you giving this one? I think I'm going to give this one. I'm going to give it five death designs out of five. Oh, shit. Okay. You know what? It's just, I love this movie. I just think it's so good. I think it's creepy. I think the story of it is so clever. And I love the deaths. I, I simply do. I just think that they're all so creative and they look good. I mean, everything in this movie to me holds up pretty well. And mm -hmm. I still enjoy this movie now as much as I feel like I did the first time. I maybe enjoyed a little bit more because I'm not so scared. But right. I just feel like this is one of those movies where every time I think of it, I just think of how good it is. Or I think of a specific moment that I'm like, damn, that was good. I think the acting in it is over the top at times, but actually pretty like pretty spot on, I think, for how all the characters are meant to be. And I think that everybody does a really good job. I I honestly don't have very much that I would change in this movie. And the things that I would change are so small and don't really affect things too much. And so that's like the only reason that I still gave it a five is because I'm like, I think just like even without those changes having been made, I still think this is an awesome movie. Mm. And so, yeah, five death designs out of five. Okay. Um, I think for me personally, I'm actually going to give this one uh, four out of five mm -hmm. uh, death designs. Um, likewise, I love this movie. As I've said multiple times in this episode, this is one that I have a lot of nostalgia for. And one that had a very um, poignant effect on me when I was younger. 
And I still do think holds up. I think it's a lot of fun to watch. I think the whole franchise in general, like even the less good of the Final Destination movies, they're all just fun in just their formula and what they do. And they're a good time if you just want to like throw something on um, just for fun. Uh, I think just like watching it this time around with a critical eye, which I will say, I don't think that's how you're supposed to watch Final Destination. I don't think you're supposed to be watching it to critique it heavily. Um, that takes away from it. But coming at it with that lens, there were a couple things that I didn't notice this time around that kind of bugged me. Um, I feel like most of them were like scripting and plotting things that mm -hmm. I just thought were kind of weird. But I think overall, the experience of Final Destination is fantastic. And I do think that the OG really sets up the series to do something very fun and memorable. And so for that, I got to give it at least some credit. And it had to be at least a four. So we'll do four out of five death designs. All right. Well, that was Final Destination for you, homies. I would love to hear what you guys think of this movie as the, and the franchise as a whole. And also let us know, do you want us to cover any other Final Destinations? They don't have to be in order. Like if, you, if a bunch of people say they want us to cover five, we'll cover five because the plots aren't connected. <laughs> so <laughs> you could go in any order that you want to. Um, but yeah, let us know what you guys think on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always send us an email. We are homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. Or we would love for you guys to come into the Discord. That is where we hang out with the homies. Um, we talk about horror, but we also chit chat about other things. And that's kind of where we're at um, on Mondays, but throughout the rest of the week as well. So if you guys would like to come through there, the link for that is in our social media bios. And if you're listening to this on Monday, that means that we are streaming on Twitch tonight. Twitch is where we play spooky games and hang out with the homies, have some drinks, have some laughs, have some screams. If you guys would like to come through and say hello, we would love to see ya. The link for that is also in our social media bios. And last but never least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. Both can be done over on Apple Podcasts. The more we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done that, we'd love for you to. Or over on Spotify, you can leave us a rating by going to our page, clicking the stars underneath our name, and that will rate us for you. But thank you guys again for hanging out with us today. We will be back next week with Roshane's Pick. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.